a fine, full, dignified beard. What up, heads? You know what it is. You know what it does. My name is Chuck Reeves. You know me as that beast host. The man with the beard, the man with the ginger love, and the man with the motherfucking bad attitude. We are here for a very special, unscheduled episode of The Beard Speaks. There's somebody from a land down under who has definitely been needing to make a visit over here since the show got started. It has been a fan favorite request in the comments and in my inbox for a long time and timing just never sort of worked out. Last summer, I was blessed and honored that this man traveled nearly 30,000 digital ass miles to headline one of the sections of the 2020 NetFest project that I was so involved in. This man is from Adelaide, Australia. You might know him as a tunnel runner. You might know him from Law and Order. He is a film composer. He is an MC. He is a musician, a producer, a singer. You might know one of his side projects, whether it's Cavemen or Rectal Birth. I can't even get that shit out of my mouth. I feel like YouTube tried to monetize me live. Heads, flame emojis, make some noise. His name, Kid Crusher. Man, done hype me up, and I just walk out here and fall on my ass. What's up? How you doing? <laughs> we're gonna, so we're gonna, we're gonna go ahead and clap it up for you. We're gonna call you Kid Crusher tonight for a little while. If you want, we can call you the Cannibal Clown for a little while. But you're here, actually, as Dong, if <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Well, sometimes they call him Patricia as well recently. <laughs> no, it's Alter Ego. Whatever mask you want me to put on and play, I'll be that one. <laughs> well, you've got, like I said, quite the history in this underground. The resume is deep of stories of the Kid Crusher, the Cannibal Clown, the stand-in for Sam McCruskey on the Law & Order episode, or the Tunnel Runner that helped elevate the underground of the early 2000s into billboard status or one of the chosen that helped bring that international flavor to NetFest that we needed so, so desperately. But now, Dong's running these streets. Dong is making some noise and Dong is just clubbing bitches over the head. Dong some fucking weird shit. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And yeah, the, the resume runs deep because I'm bored as shit and I love sitting behind my computer and just making shit, man. Fucking especially not. Nah, thanks again for NetFest. And you've schooled the living shit out of that. Same with the podcast. Big fan of the beard, buddy. I'm growing it. Ain't got nothing on you, but <laughs> I'm growing. <laughs> well, thank you, man. It's been a long time coming. Like I said, people always say, gotta have you on the show. I wanted to make sure you had something new something fresh, something we could push that puts some bread in your pocket, those Australian dollars. I don't know what the exchange rate is right now, but I'm sure an American dollar is not completely useless yet. Um, Everybody can see Kid Crusher. Kid Crusher's been getting talked about amongst juggalos in horrorcore forums and horrorcore wikis and Fago lovers forums. And you've been getting talked about as this enigma and as as if if you ever set foot on American soil, the FBI was going to descend upon you and take your ass. You've never actually been to America. Is that correct? Oh, technically, I have for an hour. <laughs> I was in Minneapolis, and that's where they gave me the boot. 
um and technically i was actually in so like there's there's nothing beeping as i went through i was in i was i was like leaving the airport and they literally grabbed me by the shirt and threw me back in. uh yeah long sad story and i'm sure if you want to know the details I'll that's give it to you. that's but yeah, one it, of it's, the it's, infamous it's, tales that's the infamous yeah. why I guess, has like, the kid crusher been here story that everybody knows um a couple people like to point at it as a juggalo problem. I like to point at it as a customs and immigration fucking enforcement problem and how our country can just be kind of asshole dickweeds about things Man, occasionally. There's, there's so many rumors and, and stories people made up of their own reasons of why I got kicked out and et cetera. So, like, it's plain and simple. Like, it literally is. There was nothing on my record, and there still isn't. So, like, I'm not a criminal. I've never been arrested. So, like, they, like, basically got me to, to lie in this interrogation saying like so you had a fine and the fine literally was for like a, a small baggie of weed i got caught here with and that that right here in adelaide is just a fine like i paid 200 bucks on it and that was it you know and then i get there and they're like oh so have you ever been in trouble with the police i'm like that fines that's it and they're like no you were arrested for that I'm like no but apparently out there back then 2008 i don't know if it was but they were treating it as is you know like a, a top crime i was hiding everything at that point they're like I got the light in my face like what else are you hiding <laughs> what is your what's in your bag they ripped apart my bags we were filming shit um leading up to that so they like watched our camera everything we were there for like a good two and a half hours or so and uh because it was weed it was kind of ironic they're like yeah you're going home and they made me sign it saying like an alien and instantly i started getting anxiety like wait wait a minute i am an alien yeah yeah <laughs> what am i yeah what am i signing what does this mean how long yeah. am i being banished from your country yeah. for something that within five years was going to be legal most places anyway well they they gave me the five-year ban from there just just for the, the the short factor of um i'm not allowed to reapply for five years but there's nothing there was nothing letting stopping me from coming back besides the fact that uh like they are now required to get a, a working visa and all these applications and i've gone deep over fifteen thousand. i'm talking american dollary dues not australian dollary dues <laughs> into lawyers and I actually retried to come back in 2009 they were doing um a tunnel runner tour i can't remember the called it shock therapy or something i think mars okay. ended up doing it yeah, it I was must not to, a game completely together, but I heard about that. Yeah, I'll, no, no, that did, they did do it. I'm pretty sure the Shock Therapy Tour, I'm pretty sure they did that in 2009. But uh, they, were, they were pitching it to me as the Tunnel Runner Tour, and I'm like, fuck it, I'm coming. Like, I'm coming back. There's nothing wrong. But um, when I tried to come back, they uh, 2009, they told me to yeah, fuck again, too. So, like, five years, I sat down, and then... Um, I think it was 2012 when I was like kind of greenlit. Then like the Americans started, uh, the American lawyer started showing me all the freaking bills I'm paying for and like getting all these like certified dates and press. It's freaking been a nightmare to get back. I need someone actually like because I had a you manager. You need a, for a sponsor. While. If you had an American sponsor, <laughs> I think that would help a lot. And I'm it's, wondering. It's, I've already paid most of it off though. Like we did fundraisers and stuff. The v, the lawyers have been paid off. So now it's all literally plane tickets. And someone to book me and, and get me around. The, the yeah, and, write the, and write up the sponsorship letter for the visa saying, look, we need him in the country because yeah. he's literally the only motherfucker with two legs on this earth that can come fulfill the job that we oh. It's the same thing. Like if I get booked as an actor in Canada, the director of the movie has to write a letter to the Canadian government that yeah. says I am the only person on earth that can play that part. Oh, yeah. You definitely need. Uh, someone behind me and, and it really it's, it's it's more or less people even violent jay said to me if you get there we'll tour you know that's all i've really had it's no real extra help or no I, like i send emails about it i get offered to play the gathering almost every year but it's like 
you know, that's it. I'll, I'll, I'll have to get my ass to the gathering and do everything else myself and no extra help. No, I didn't even know anyone to pick me up from the airport around there. I did back in 2008, but like now <laughs> I'll be like, you know, getting there. Like what do I do now? <laughs> Uber. Yeah. There's Uber a lot of independent guys I know out there who watch this show, who I'm looking at right now through the screen talking about, get your, get your Rolodex of clubs and get a tour booked and get this man because right now, especially there is a hunger for that old underground and especially stuff people didn't get a chance to see uh, ever. It, it's, uh, that's why NetFest, I felt so humbled by you because you no, were I, able to give an American audience something for the first time that they had never gotten from you, which I was just like blown away by that. That 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 feeling was great. You know, like I, I may have not played the gathering yet but like um i feel like i already kind of accomplished that in some shape or form when uh icp came back here in 2013 i got to do the entire australian tour with them that to me felt like you know i could die tomorrow and still felt like happy i, I didn't I did, did that not the gathering because you know, it kind of felt like i was at the gathering you know the amount of love but I never think I'd, I'd feel that again. I kind of given up on the whole, you know, America thing because no one's, you know, it's been years now. And everyone asks me every year and almost every day, three to four or five, even right now, the first question that comes out in this interview is when am I coming to America? It's, well, that's it's why no I'm one... doing it because yeah. I know that <laughs> the chat's the probably already filled up with when's he coming. And it's like you got people don't get it. He wants to come. I know yeah. he's been not only desiring to come, but as you put said, not only put in the financial interest, but the actual sweat equity in the work, the fucking anxiety of being denied a second time, the anxiety of having to go through court procedures, which nobody fucking likes going through and having your entire life, social media and everything ripped apart, dissected and analyzed by a governmental body. I think um, promoters are probably concerned that they'd book me or financially back it and I wouldn't get through again. But that like they don't understand that I've actually already paid for the, the, the hard part of it. And there really wasn't anything on my record anyway. So it's not like I've done something criminal or been arrested or anything. I'm clean. Like I don't even smoke anymore. I think the last, like 2008 traumatized me so bad that I quit smoking weed. My whole lifestyle changed because of 2008. Wow. I haven't smoked weed. Holy shit. You didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Now I, I know Australia. Drink. Australia is one of those fucking places, though. I know if it ain't grown there, first yeah, of all, no. you're not getting it. You're not getting it. <laughs> and second of all, I know certain municipalities were still pretty. Uh... But I also know that's the place where you meet people, and then they accidentally put, well accidentally put weed in your bag, and then when you land in Malaysia, you get your fucking hands cut off. Oh, I saw that. that fucking movie. <laughs> Like, I'm good with that sort of shit. Yeah, I'm good with that sort of shit. I don't think, like, it's it's not really Amsterdam here, but, like, it, it, the majority of people do smoke weed here. And, like, it was something that I didn't want to quit, but, like, I did it for Kid Crusher, like, it, and I wanted to stay clean for that. And, like, I don't really miss it too much, but I definitely, like, have noticed my music changed a lot. So from 2007 you know, on, from my uh, 2008 albums, like going sober from weed i just know my writing ethics have changed my style of music has changed it, i think i've gone more in the metal more energizing crazy than rather than rap and, and you know stoner kind of rap this so, new like, project you're doing some real interesting things <laughs> and we'll, we'll get to some specifics all right there's one yeah. thing very specific that you were able to turn into a haunting like you were able to take some fucking lyrics that were stupid the first time around and turn them into 
a haunting thought that has been in my brain all day. And I was like, oh, he's clearly a stoner. But if you're telling me you're not, then your brain must have gone way into the complex of the creative with just the, because I don't know how you connected these two things the way you did sonically, but it's great. But that's crazy to hear that I, if you ask an American rapper, any American rapper, would you stop smoking weed to tour Australia? I did. I fucking Not did. Like one of them would say yes. I did. You can you can you can test me on one. I ain't talking shit just for the cameras. No, no, like, I believe I you. No, you don't now. have to. But I'm trying to like I'm looking at my fans, and yeah. some of my fans are promoters and people who are in this business in this country, and I'm looking at them saying, "This is something we ain't got here." Yeah. You, you need to take a second, third look. Kid like Crusher, a- this this persona, this cannibal clown, um, as well as, I guess, Caveman. Caveman was coming around about that time. These personas and these things that you were cultivating and growing as a creative, they were being directly formed by your environment. So during that early 2000s when you were becoming these these things, what about Australia and your environment was shaping you? You know what I mean? What about that South Coast was 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 causing you to retreat into these hard personas? Because um, I meet I'm, a lot of cool guys. I meet a lot of guys from Australia that have not a fucking care in the world, it looks like. And you are aggressive and just, it seems to be a little different than your average beach bum, is what I mean. I, I guess I got a dog. Side of story, which is kind of similar to every juggalo kind of story. You know, my father died when I was six months old, so I grew up in a loose kind of home. And when I hit primary school, I was really like antisocial, some to say. I was social, but I'm also very weird. <laughs> I wasn't as dark, but I guess uh, primary school and high school really uh, pushed me and in, into depression first. Um, and now my, my brother leaving as well. So, like, kind of like i fell into entertainment movies mainly uh and then music so like i think uh like being so depressed and uh discovering you know i, I give it to say like corn lincoln park and slipknot really drove me to you know i was rapping before then early influences before then i keep forgetting but like spice one was one of the original first kind of rappers i was really like fuck yeah like his when I was little, uh, my mom was trying to push me away from like uh, stuff I wanted to listen to. So like Tupac, like I never knew what Tupac sounded like for over a year, but I knew I wanted to listen to him. Like, I had this image in my head what Tupac is going to be this badass, like hardcore gangster rapper. He's, he's good, but like it, it's not what I was had in the image in my head wasn't there. Now, you know, I, I was I was craving this sound, and like it was hard to find it. And it wasn't until you, I just how would you okay because you say that. I knew about Tupac because of his music. Yeah. What did you know Tupac from that led you to desire to hear his music? All right, all right, so that's something that's new for me. Th- this is probably hard for people, like new schoolers, so to say, a bit, a bit younger people. Back in my day, you couldn't just go on the internet and listen to music. Like, you had to go to the CD store, and there it was on the fucking shelf. With the parental advisory, anything with the parental advisory, my mom's like, get fucked. You're not listening to it. So, like... Uh, friends of mine would talk about Tupac in, in primary school. So like, and uh, like they would wear t-shirts of him, et cetera. And like, I just really wanted to listen to it. But by the time I finally like ice cube as well, I was like, set on like ice cube. I was settled. I loved ice cube. Uh, but then I like, I discovered this, uh, my brother was throwing this birthday party 
this is what turned me into the dark side finally because i heard tupac by this point and i'm just like eh. uh went to this party and someone left a, a cd uh they were like drinking and they left a cd on the table and um I'm like, you know, young, just run around the house. I picked up this CD. It just, it just resonated with me and I stole it and took it back to my room. Like, fuck the party. I'll go to my room. And I was possessed. Uh, it's called the Tales from the Hood soundtrack. Spice <laughs> ones on there. <laughs> okay. Grave, grave Diggers, uh, NGN. Fucking, oh, I loved, I still love that. I'm album. popping that shit it. up on the screen right now. That, <laughs> so everybody can yeah. see it. It's fucking, it's got a skull. With the yeah, sunglasses, with sunglasses on it. <laughs> yep, I yeah. fucking. We're describing it. It's not up on screen. You're seeing it on the screen, <laughs> but trust me, I know what CD you're talking about. And there are yeah. some slappers, some West Coast but, bangers yeah. on there, and it's and super dark. It yeah, was that. It was in the early days when your gangster rap, which apparently had already become a pop culture fixation for you guys yeah. down there by that time, it had traveled even more so. You had like method man dressing up like a, yeah. like a like a mummy in one video that def jam put out because they were doing tracks for like saw like for scream the scream soundtrack was nothing yeah. but hip-hop music you know what i mean so there was this weird horror and street level rap crossover that's super interesting yeah. that that's the like, CD but, that turned you out yeah it really was so weird though because like you know i i had this image of what i wanted to hear but it didn't exist yet i never heard it yet so when i heard that soundtrack i was like wow and um like yeah so like i was still kind of into, into the gangster kind of rap at that era this is probably 96 95 i reckon around this point and i'm trying to rap i was rapping in 95 96 um in like high school kind of uh, primary this is still primary school time i'm still rapping around that time recording on cassette decks and stuff like etc like that like i had like two cassette deck tech tape and I had a little microphone next to the speaker so like i'd play an instrumental through one cassette and there'd be a speaker in front of that thing recording shit but i've been recording fucking way back anyway so um discovering icp definitely turned me as well and that was probably 99 um watching wcw nitro even that was fucking hard to watch down here because it was on like weird channels and at weird times. Um, but yeah, they came out during Jekyll Brothers era and like I just fell in love with them straight away. They're running around like going nuts and the commentators said that they were rappers. And uh, the following day, I went up and picked up the WCW, um, WCW Nitro, uh, I think it was WCW Mayhem uh, compilation CD and Take That was on there, but also right next to the CD at the CD store. It's amazing Jekyll Brothers. And I recognize it straight away from their jersey. So I grabbed both of those fuckers and I didn't stop listening to the Jekyll Brothers forever. And I fucking still love that album today. And the is rest that- is, is fucking history when it comes to the Juggalo stuff. I used to make a joke that you were the only Juggalo in Australia. That's not true. Like when no I first, I, well, I knew that, but at some point early when I had heard about you, and I'm talking yeah. about, I mean, Tunnel Runner's time frame or even maybe a little prior to that from the forums maybe the only juggalo kind of that was that was like that was like at that time i kind of was like who's he doing shows for he might be the (laughs) only juggalo on that continent and then i joined the navy and i travel extensively around the world and one of the places i had the chance to visit three times was your fine country which i fucking love and i spent way too much money on cricket shit for some reason (laughs) i have a bunch of cricket stuff in a fucking storage unit for no reason because i just got pissed drunk and bought cricket stuff for no reason but (laughs) in those days i used to wear my silver hatchet man and i didn't have a beard okay yeah and bigger than shit i went out one night in sydney 
with my hatchet man on and i believe it was oh four oh five and yeah. i got i got juggle recognized i got somebody who stopped me and said oh you're a juggalo i guess i should take mine out of my shirt then and yeah. they pulled their shit out and i was like oh you're not kid crusher <laughs> like that like almost like because i was trying to confirm my own joke but you personally i i can only assume must have done a lot for joe bruce's juggalo culture on your continent no i wouldn't say by myself because this not is not by before, yourself no, no, no don't let me don't um, let me put that weight on your shoulders alone i'm no, sure you've got there's a crew there i know ned tepper yeah uh, uh magic yeah. ninjas man down there he does a lot but in those 2005 06 07 days you were the main reason any juggalo worldwide was looking at australia I as guess, a source of any kind of underground entertainment. And, and I'll, I'll say why that started in 06, 05. Um, Shangri-La. <laughs> so, like, I'm a Jekyll Brothers juggler, right? That's my, my car. That's when I first got possessed. But um, I wouldn't say that was when I became a juggler because I didn't understand it. Uh, I don't think a lot of people did straight away when they heard it. If they did, cool, but, like, I don't really believe you that much. Like, it, it's it's something that even I didn't understand for a long-ass time what it was. Like, I thought it was just, you know, being a fan, that's it. Even when uh, this is how, how uneducated I was because, like, yeah, I had the internet back then, but I didn't really study too much. I just listened to music. You know, you listen to Slipknot, you listen to Slipknot. I didn't dig too fucking hard into what a maggot means. You know, it's just fucking being a maggot. Anyway, um... Uh, Bizarre Bizarre comes out at the CD store and I'm like, oh, it's the six Jokers card. <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> I take it back. I'm like, really? Okay. And then the fucking real six Jokers card is actually there like a few, like, I don't know how long after Bizarre came out. And I was like, when I first listened to Shangri-La, I was like, eh, so they're Christians, right? I didn't understand it. Still didn't understand it. But um, it wasn't until a few, maybe months later, I actually popped in the DVD that came with Shangri-La. And it was that uh, race seminar and uh, Joe's explaining the Jogus cards. Like, I think I, I got weird goosebumps watching that thing and just like I, I understood it and felt, you know, the family thing. And that's when it really possessed me. But what really captivated me was when they actually done the Shangri-La tour in Australia. And that was 2005. See the date? 2005. <laughs> My first ICP concert. Shangri-La possessed me and uh, obsessed me. I think I still haven't changed since that day. Uh, very quickly, like I had a super group before then. I was actually big into wrestling. I was a wrestler then at that point. But my wrestling group kind of disbanded. And I'm like, what am I going to do with myself? As you can tell, the amount of music I make, like I'm very, I can't sit still. I'm always making music. I'm always, when I, like this year, I'm, I've been working on Kid Crusher and a Caveman album at the exact same time. So like I'm constantly juggling things. And um, so like, as soon as my wrestling thing disbanded, I just kind of spontaneously went, painted my face just because fucking I seen at the time on the internet, people like Killer C and Loon and Lost they were, and Axe Murder Boys. They were doing the... Uh, Did the you just say Loon to me? Hell Loon's yeah. somebody that we know. He's from around here. He's from fucking Connecticut. He's oh. from like a stone's throw from here. Man, wow. I fucking, wow. I love I'm about Lost. to walk away. That's a fucking OG pull. <laughs> man, Lost, I don't know if, he's, I don't I know if he still does graphics for fucking Strange, but I know he was forever. Yeah, no. I, I, was, Damn, I was a that's fan. That's a pull, I was a fan. bro. That's a fucking, fucking pull, bro. Well, these, these, this is like important because like Killer C, Lost, Loon, and uh, Axe Murder Boys, they kind of influenced me to paint my face and be a juggle a rapper you know like i was 
like fuck it they're doing it like i was like i'm gonna do it too you know and i i just spontaneously painted my face i didn't really spend too much time designing my character and at the time like i said i was a wrestler my finishing move was called the kid crusher and that's based on billy kidman who is the wrestler so that's the origins of that is very fucking simple and not a well thought out name but because it blew up straight away i was like i'm stuck with it now <laughs> it's it's I could have probably thought of something better, but that's that's it now. And and yeah, that's that's uh, where I kept going. And I'm, I was dedicated. I'm like, my mission, which I feel like I slightly accomplished, was to uh, you know run with psychopathic. And and I I like didn't completely get signed, but I signed a contract which I have framed for the Tunnel Runners contract. So that was like my positive you know secret there of getting that done and running on tour with them obviously i wanted to do the gathering but couldn't do the gathering but that was my mission i'm still when i when i'm positive about something i fucking do it i smash the living shit out of it and yeah that's, that's how bucket get listy that's certainly fucking that certainly qualifies as like goal fucking goal achieve respect plus you know what i mean like yeah. i just knew i could do it i just knew it like yeah. I, it wasn't a thing like i'm i might be able to do it like i'm gonna fucking do it that's how i wake up every day if i'm gonna record a song i'm gonna fucking do it that's people ask me how do you do this and how do you do that be fucking positive and do it. <laughs> See, you're like the opposite of me because I'm surprised anytime I do anything. Like I was convinced Netfest was going to be a fucking failure until it oh, was really? over. And I, but I, that's what keeps me motivated is fear. Man, I, I was. So it fear. seems like you. It seems like you operate off of maybe not fear but more of a courage a creative courage man i'm i'm fucking fearing all the time they're shaking stressing all the way through. <laughs> especially net fest man i was fearing the shit out of, that was a long day for me recording you, that song you, i, I that bet video. you did a great job though like that was one of the ones i remember when george was like yo like he hit me up because you're never gonna see wait wait till you see what hit my inbox and he sent it to me and i was like there's our fucking headliner for the fucking there's your pre-show headliner i was like without a doubt i was like let's let's be fucking real especially with the way it was lining up to where it was gonna be all hard shit towards the end i was like if we're gonna have we gotta put a hard cherry on it that's the fucking guy and it was there was a lot about netfest that we got lucky with and it was a great idea because of the traveling with you I, i bring this up a lot in one of my positives for netfest was like i said a lot of people worldwide even hungry fucking russia i got notices from fucking and then all over this country got to see you do what you got to do in at least a live format you kind of dictated even though it oh. wasn't fully live you know what i mean now what what's in that chat room when my video was playing like i was almost in tears like fucking hell like i wish i was like rocking stages you guys for real like it, it's 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 it feels like a jail thing like being stuck here sometimes and i got really like i say after 2008 when i got deported i basically thought when i was going home you know everyone's gonna think i'm a fraud and i didn't even show up or something i was almost at the the brink of quitting in 2009 i was like really fucking down about it because no one was reaching out or anything like psychopathic kind of just like briefly said they're going to do that other tour and i was just like fuck i was so depressed like really fucking depressed but that like it, and i still i i had that depression like stuck with me to like 2013 when icp actually came here because like all i was thinking every day i gotta get to america and it's fucking not gonna happen and not gonna happen then they came here and it kind of lifted a lot of weight off me now i feel a little bit okay with moving forward of, of if i don't go there and no one actually really wants to book me over there it's still you know, I'm happy with what I've done now, but like seeing Netfest like cracked open it again. I'm like, I oh, I'm glad, wanted. like, because that was the thing when we I had mentioned it to a couple of people, and everybody I mentioned it to in private was like, "What you what? 
you, you did who'd you get and i was like yeah and it's done i was like not only yeah. is it done it's really good and they were like wow that's gonna fucking there was a lot of shit about an fs blew my blew my head i can't imagine like a standard fan sitting in the room that didn't have advanced knowledge of any of it like i had advanced knowledge of all of it and it still blew my mind the way people reacted but it's good that they came down there they helped you close this circle as a juggalo and as a reformer and a creative and that allowed you to move on and really expand these other not necessarily directly juggalo things as you know kid crusher was more created for that lane as you explained yeah now the caveman projects out it's there's there's been prior caveman projects out pro before this that i wasn't aware of that i'm gonna dive into now how do we get to evolution from whenever it is you three crazy prehistoric unfrozen motherfuckers came up here and started shredding because it's it rings of green jello from the <laughs> from the early 90s it rings of guar to some fucking degree it rings of the oakley doakley's which is a thing we have here in the states now that's a bunch of ned flanders doing metal music it rings of all these things it's it's super super fucking original man i got stories for days and i'm sorry if i talk too much but yeah caveman stems back uh, just before i started kid crusher like um because yeah it was end of 2005 when i released the dirty fucking murder it was literally i think new year's 2005 but caveman was like early 2005 um like I was still in wrestling at this point and I was out scouting to develop some new characters. I was running the wrestling thing. So I was developing all the characters. So I was out shopping for masks and I seen these like three goofy caveman masks with wigs on them. These are this is not the ones we're using now, but like back then it was just, it gave me the image straight away. It wasn't wrestling characters. I seen them just in my head with guitars and drums and everything. And uh, like me and a mate were just like messing around in the studio, just two of us, like, fucking around making a funny caveman thing we already had the name the way it was recorded songs i hope they don't surface because those are really bad songs so it's a bad example of what caveman is now but uh it was a joke back then it's still a joke now but a serious joke but um that was an oh, image there's, of my there's and i hate using the word there's a gimmick here yeah but the way it's done the, i always say that there's a fine line between shit and shingle and you got shingle you ain't got shit. You go. You're on oh. the right side. You're on the Alazul side of the gimmick, so to speak, because this predated the Geico Caveman. This predated the show that they had. Did this didn't necessarily predate, say, Encino Man. And I don't even know if you know what that is, because that's an American movie trope no, around here about I, unfrozen cavemen. I'm actually the the caveman groups basically inspired by brendan phrases and Cena man so yeah <laughs> and that, literally but that was like the only caveman thing in popular culture with the exception of flintstones so you guys were yeah. coming from a pretty fucking original place at the time well yeah it was pre all that i guess um and Cena man was around i can't really recall exactly the first inspiration um like i said it was from a wrestling thing it didn't really come into play until like there was an image for five years in my head so it, it, it wasn't doing anything until 2010 well actually i'm missing something we did a spongebob cover song in 2006. <laughs> that's and written here on the card it says spongebob squarepants theme you guys did a cover yeah. it went viral or at it's least still, bacterial 
it's still going viral it's it's fucking crazy and this is with the old mask we did a video for it so if you do find the youtube video it's it's uh, all the old masks with the wigs on and weird shit i'm on guitar and from a marketing one. perspective you picked a unique event to release that video in conjunction with uh the nickelodeon kids choice awards weekend I guess was the weekend that the no. SpongeBob SquarePants theme cover came out. Uh, it was. It wasn't. Wasn't that uh, they were advertising? I was watching Nickelodeon. Like, I think it was like four o'clock in the morning. They're like, cover the 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 SpongeBob theme theme song uh, to get fe featured at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. And I'm like, uh, they, they were pitching this to little kids though. And I'm like, I want to do this. <laughs> so like literally. And at this point, no one had had covered uh, SpongeBob in metal. Yeah, it, there are heaps of them out now, but like at that point, I googled it, and no one had done it. And this was two thousand five, two thousand six. We did it, and it, it it didn't get on the Kids Choice Awards, but Nickelodeon acknowledged it straight away. Like said, they loved it, and they said, "What can we um, play for you on Nickelodeon?" So I watch it all the time. I'm like, they already play heaps of SpongeBob. I'm like. Fuck it, play more Keenan and Kel. The next night, after midnight, Keenan and Kel played from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. I was like, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Top of Keenan that's and Kel. Shwink, shwink, shwink. So there are a few covers on this latest project. Um, is that mostly what the Caveman catalog became after that? Did that no. show you guys a taste of what could get some attention towards you? No, I, I don't think so because, like, even on Kid Crush Rabbins, I go wild on cover songs, and I, I love doing them. They're my favorite thing to do. And like, of course, I'm gonna push more on the Caveman thing because that did resonate like a, a great like uh, reach outside of doing the serious thing of Caveman. Because like, I, I various. I don't, I don't. The first album we did in 2010 was very serious, and I blame that on my drummer because like. I recruited the drummer for uh, from a very big Australian uh, industrial metal band called the Berserker. Uh, if you've probably never heard of them, but they were like dem demonic kind of masks and did like techno drums. It was like crazy Cannibal Corpse style guitars. And, and once I recruited him, like if, although it was like a funny group, like I some reason twisted the arm to be serious. So like it's just flat out. He just like, yeah, you felt the need to serious it up because of his yeah. seriousness his presence I understand <laughs> although I understand like that. me although like behind the scenes we're all laughing and being goofballs and etc like that's what i felt that that this uh that caveman lacked that and also the production quality is terrible i don't recommend listening to that album or the prior stuff even like that so me starting up the new album was because in 2013 i was doing metal meta 3d i was trying to experiment into making metal music myself because i've always usually gone out to producers it took me from 2013 actually doing sound engineering classes. I actually did some um, studio classes while I was doing Distorted Dimension with the guys who do Metalocalypse. Um, so, like, I was, like, really invested into getting metal into Kick Crusher properly, like, making it really heavy and bringing up the production value. And um, so I messed around and ended up, you know, getting a sound that I thought really fucking worked. And I was like, well... I, I'm not putting this in, in Kid Crusher. I want to do Caveman again. So I'll dig up the actual Caveman I wanted it to be with, yes, it could still be serious, but the image, like I said, has been in my head for five years, has, well, well, 2005. So it's like whew, 10 years now, well, 10, 15 years. Just never came to life. So I'm like, I'm going to finally get the right Caveman sound that I want out, and this is what evolution is. It's, it's the direction I always wanted to be, more tribal, more funny, 
serious but production value everything up there it's a joke but it's serious i like to quote psycho stick because uh psycho stick always say you know people always look at them like a joke but they spend so much time crafting the music to be like a masterpiece and they psycho stick are a freaking masterpiece but they have the fear the beard song which a lot of people take as a joke and it's like along those same lines an, an mc near and dear to my heart sean price used to say it takes a lot of smarts to think up the dumb shit I say. Yeah, yeah. So if you understand the amount of thought that goes into every lyric and every riff and every fucking every beat and every percussion, and you seem throughout the years to have become a complete musician. Oh you, yeah. You you manipulate sounds. I know you've composed some film scores. I read. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, cinematic stuff for a couple independent films. The guys who do my music videos. But yeah, like that, that's one thing you don't know about Caveman too. Like I may do have guys that uh, like also the drummer. Others you already know. Um, but on this album, Evolution, no one else is performing on the album but me. So guitars, drums, bass, everything is me. Um, all, all oh, the so if you so if you look up the lineup like I did. Hmm. The, the lineup doesn't exist you are the complete lineup yeah they're they're my puppets for live stuff and videos so like i i've done the whole album myself and besides my drummer like because he he drummed on the first 2010 album and he was like oh i'll drum on the new album but then he heard what i did already and he's like wow he's like how about you just do your drums and i'll come and do some vocals so on a couple songs my drummer's doing vocals but otherwise the whole album is me everything so so you're dong that's what i read that's that's the older <laughs> yeah. ego but you're also the others, unless it's live. Yeah. God damn. And videos. Do you know yeah. who William Manspeaker is? Because what you just said to me is exactly who William Manspeaker, his whole career. The guy who created Green Jello, his name is William yeah. Manspeaker. At any given time, over the last 25 years, he has been the only full time member of yeah. the band Green Jelly. Typically, when he goes on the road, he'll hire local musicians. Yeah. But that that's fucking crazy to me. So you yeah. you played one instrument, you laid that shit down, yeah, and then you put it down, and you went over to here, and you <laughs> laid that shit down, yeah, and then you moved over. It's like fucking Bugs Bunny. Picture <laughs> Bugs Bunny, first baseman Bugs Bunny, second. How? I don't even know how to phrase the question. Tell the heads how you even. I can't even access the source memory. It, it's well the, first off you gotta get my drive like kid crusher kind of is is the one-man band thing i wanted to be in a metal band back into 2005 i was trying to have a metal band no one could keep up with me like they either didn't show up to gigs didn't show up to rehearsals i'm like fuck it hold my poodle i got this like no one wants to keep up they're too busy they got jobs they got other shit you know i'm full throttle i'm not gonna wait for anyone i'm inspired to make music now that's like and um like you say green jello another band that inspired me was the berserker which is kind of crazy because the drummer actually joined my band. When I came and started, I was making drums that were like, there's like just fucking blast snares and crazy. And so like I wrote this part for him. But anyway, the Berserker, the band, is a one-man guy. He's actually, this is an Australian band, obviously, because the drummer's here. The one-man guy, he designs all the music and all the industrial techno stuff. That's all him. And then he empl employs guys to do it live. So that's what I do. Exactly. So I'm inspired by him. And, and for the mentality of it, I'll just, you know, usually make drums first and I'll have like a rough idea of, of guitars in my head. And so drums will go down first, guitars, bass. Uh, I spent the majority of my time on this caveman album just making the music. Like I spent, I think, two, two and a half years just making the music. And I had lyrics in my head for two years. But then the last 
like six months or so. Like I, I've, I've done all the lyrics really quick. There's a there's your average underground rapper here in this country at home scratching his fucking head because typically all he does is shows up at the fucking studio and hands <laughs> another dude whose name he may not know even a fucking flash drive. And that flash drive has a bunch of shit that he was never involved in making with. Like, he was never involved in the creation of Buy a beat online for 25 bucks. And he's, he's going to go in there and he's going to do the bare minimum that you can do, which is <sighs> breathy fucking breathe on the track. And he's going to collect most of the royalties. He's going to get most of the shine. I love the way you've just taken this whole fucking bull by the yeah. haunches. And decided to fuck it into submission. So <laughs> there's no one else to blame or thank for some of these tracks. Let me let me go I ahead. We're gonna go through well. mastering. It was the fucking hottest part too. Like that's oh that, you did I all did that everything, too. Everything, man. Everything. <laughs> Mixing ma mastering took me the oh, longest. Oh, the mastering took you the longest. I can't. Yeah. I have fucking like deafness issues. Uh, yeah, no, in one I, of my ears. So I, I can't I, master shit. Good luck. I actually, I blew my left ear out during the last two weeks of caveman. I'm like, yeah, that's enough. Like, I was perfecting it that much. I'm like, no, 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 no. I blew my ear. That is, there's like two, three songs towards the end of the album that sound like shit. That's because I couldn't fix it. My ear was fucked. <laughs> so you're also zero? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the new character I developed. Um, but yeah. Because I, I, I enjoyed it. I didn't know why the why that track was called that and why it was what it oh, was. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And then well, when I, I looked I into that, the character of Zero was the guitarist, regardless yeah. of what the name was that was attached to it. I was like, oh, okay, I get why he named that track. And then it's just that guitar, yeah, you know, no, I mean, it's, like it's flexing. Me. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, you fucking flexing, yeah. man. <laughs> I made like every that, every every character I developed like a wrestling group. I just created the whole character, their backstory, wow. their mask. I designed like got got. All, I got a guy who made the mask. All our masks are custom made. A guy named Filth Mirror. He made them for us. So those are all custom made. We all got them drawn up. So everything is custom there. Are you going to be making those available? It seems like a mask culture has popped up, and there's masks being created and sold in mass now every couple yeah, well, of fucking weeks it seems i gotta give my guy phil's like mad props like he he developed like uh, if i had it around me i'd show but it's packed away somewhere but like i love them oh They're no i'm gonna amazing. pop up the pictures of the album cover and everything we got it behind us i'm gonna pop it up yeah. again the art direction is cool it's super colorful it's it's giving me hanna barbera vibes <laughs> on like intentional as fuck um and then you get into this project. You get into this evolution, and you got Pet Rock. Which is the video. And the title of the song is as ridiculous as the song itself. And that is but the fucking tip of the iceberg in both originality and and just absurdness and you know me like most people you scan a track list yeah and, and just say what pops at me and immediately like a half a dozen of these fuckers were like glowing bright red in my fucking predator vision and the first one because it's one of my favorite fucking songs of all time and i still sing it around my house while i vacuum fucking ope up the door Everybody walk the dinosaur, <laughs> but it doesn't fucking sound like that. Open the 
It sounds like you took my one of my favorites from my childhood and ran it through an industrial press and a chainsaw, and it sounds amazing. Another one, Meet the Flintstones. I ain't even got to tell you what that is. Just look at the cover of the CD, and you'll be able what? to figure that out. That, there's one towards, there's one toward the edge called Ice Age Baby, which and I was like, no, he did, like, and I couldn't even get the full sentence out because I had pressed play and it was like, all right, stop, it's fucking cold, so listen, need some heat, need to make intervention, fuck this, every night is getting colder, living day to day, right behind a boulder, blue, top of tea, top of tie, if there's a green, we will die, but fucked on the sauce, I'll be eating all the meat, I'll be running so hard, I got blisters on my feet. Oh, he did. <laughs> and not only is good, is good. Like, and there's little changes. It's not even major changes. It's little, subtle things. And then one of the most absurd musical compositions of all time. Something that was designed for no other reason than to make fucking Canadian stoners laugh after midnight on public access you turned in to a haunting a haunting metal ballad about loneliness the bum song <laughs> the sweetest you're all alone and my bomb is all There's a final breakdown there where it's like the Swedish stands alone. And I'm like, chills, kid. Like, chill. I was like, that's fucking haunting. How the fuck did that scare me? I know what this song's about. I watched the original video. I, I was wondering how you got here with many people in the band, but if these were purely your own thoughts, I can see how you got there and how you got there so completely and smooth sounding it's yeah. it seems like you created all the pieces to the puzzle yeah well it's, which it's is one amazing reason, to me uh, uh that's one reason why i stopped in 2010 while the band had such a break because the band didn't sound right to me and i didn't want to keep doing that and kid crusher started blowing up again so i really put on pause and my other drummer was you know, doing his stuff and like I just got possessed, like all these ideas. Like I, I could not stop making caveman songs. At the point there was like twenty-four songs. I just trim it down still a bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just I was I was just going crazy with ideas. I would have loved to add more cover songs. And like you said, uh the the bum song, like that that actually got Tom Green's attention, which blew my mind. Like I tweeted it to him. I didn't think it'd I was check gonna say it, I'm I'm putting that tweet right on screen now for the heads to see. It's great, and it seems like it wasn't the first time you had been noticed by a creator of an original piece, or at least somebody, Nickelodeon, you said, had acknowledged the SpongeBob cover. This is, I wonder, I wonder if he realizes the joy that that song has brung people. I'm sure, I would hope. But what what brings you to land on that? On the bum song? Yeah, like specifically. Like Walk the Dinosaur. I, the caveman thing, that there's a connection there. I get that. Um, Ice Age Baby, same deal. You get it. But the bum song, it seems like you landed on that specifically. And that's, like I said, the one that, like, you did a lot with that. 
for considering what it was, like a keyboard with Tom's fucking made up freestyled off the dome lyrics. And like I said, by the end of that, those lyrics had become haunting about standing alone. And it was the musical accompaniment that with those lyrics that did that. Like, yeah. how do you get to like, I just. Um, well, first off, I'm a massive Tom Green fan. I have been since like Freddy Got Fingered came out and I, I loved all of his MTV specials. The Tokyo Monkey Hour is my favorite. Tokyo Subway Monkey Hour. That's my fucking favorite. I've rewatched that like a billion times when I was a stoner. I absolutely loved it. Um, this song, like I, I think I've always had it in my head to remix that song. So I've always used to sing along to it um, every now and then. Um, it's just run up to people, put my bum on them and shit. And that we've already talking a lot about like fart and shit throughout the whole album. I think it just kind of. Oh yeah, we. I didn't even touch on some of the stuff that would immediately <laughs> get me demonetized, like fucking fart shit, queef cunt, or whatever. It was one. I was like, can't say that on the air. Oh my bad, buddy. <laughs> no, no, no. You're good. You're good. I'm I get, talking about I get, for me. Yeah, I, I get demonetized everywhere. So like, I'm I'm not just underground. Oh, no, we, can, we can hide these ones. We can hide these ones deep enough in the broadcast, or that <laughs> YouTube will find them. Then yeah, no, that uh, the the bomb song just rolled off my head. And like when I when I made the beat and got to the very, I love the very end of that song. It's just so fucking hard. I can't wait to do that live. Um, but uh, that's they, what I mean. When I, by the time I got to the end, yeah. I was like, wow, like yeah. yeah. Because for was, Tom, Tom's process, he's discussed it publicly a few times. His his process with that was purely consequential. He was on a, he was on that boat trip, like one of the first yeah. things he did with MTV, and they were gonna throw him off. Yeah, and he kept just putting his butt on shit as he <laughs> walked and saying it. And then somebody said that would just be a funny song if you just said that over and over again. So the yeah. absurdity and everything, and then what you made it. It seems like there's more feeling behind yeah. the delivery. So, like I'm, for I'm, him to hear that, it must be like, damn! How did somebody take something so goofy to me and make it this? I mean, had you never the heard the bum song before? <laughs> yeah, had I never heard that shit before, I'd probably known, still yeah. feel the same way about the the Swedish stands alone. I just keep going back yeah. to that because <laughs> I'm like, shit, man, he's right. Yeah. The Swedish does stand alone. Now, I don't even know what that means, but I know how it makes me feel. And it, I know how it, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, yeah. it's great. You did some, like I said, great shit. The Ice no, Age I, changes you made. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty, pretty like blown away that you liked it. I was really nervous that you were going to get it. Go. Like it just mainly talk about Kid Credit. The fact you're actually a fan of more than one song is, is, is amazing. So I'm glad like this is getting some good feedback. I haven't had, heard much feedback yet. Like so, like it, it's just great to hear someone get well. Talk more the than link for high. all of these cavemen tunes are going to be down in the description. I'm going to implore all the heads out there visit these on it. Spotify. Go check out that pet rock video on the Kid Crusher YouTube channel. Like, fucking patronize this album because this album does good. You might be able to get cavemen here before you yeah, get Kid I'm Crusher because. All four of these tracks that I've mentioned have American mainstream appeal. And, I think it, I, I hate to say that's maybe why my brain went to them so quickly, but it's hard. It's hard to not do the walk. It's it's hard not to enjoy that fucking song, "Walk the Dinosaur," <laughs> if you're a fucking certain age. It, it would yeah, be no. real difficult 
for someone over the age of 35 to not enjoy that song under any circumstances because that song yeah. still gets played at bar mitzvahs and yeah. sweet 16 parties in this country same thing with ice age baby yeah funny and thing even about though there's um, a there's an ice ice baby heavy metal cover already there is but you even did it. he did it vanilla ice did it oh, oh yeah, yours, yeah yeah obviously with the little changes is is even more like it, it takes it to that new new level yeah well yeah well i'm i'm a, obviously a fan of vanilla ice i still think like he demands respect like like people give him shit now and like i've seen him like riot when people talk shit about vanilla ice uh oh ice ice baby etc as well so like like i give the guy mad respect like back in the day like teenage mutant ninja turtles ninja rap all that shit like that was the shit like just because he ain't doing big shit now doesn't mean he ain't the shit because he was the shit man. he ain't but, never gonna have to want for money ever again in his life and yeah he's good <laughs> as far as ice ice baby for selling 10 million copies nobody had it yeah. i guess yeah I had, it. <laughs> I had two copies i yeah. had that shit on tape and cd so yeah. trust me i understand i understand that yeah. but, but um, I, I mean yeah the, the the caveman project i i did i enjoyed it and i didn't yeah. know if i was gonna you say you were worried i was worried yeah. <laughs> i was worried i had a feeling and, you were but like um it's it's funny you say i uh, walk the dinosaurs your favorite um it's it's not a song that i jam out to to be honest and uh the reason that i like remembered uh the the song in particular was i'm a big fan of one of the most hated movies in history uh the super mario brothers movie and when they do that 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 resonated in my head straight away the super mario brothers how they they did the cover on there for walk the dinosaurs so that hit my head i'm like yeah i gotta put super mario brothers and that, that's what i think about when i think about that song it's mario brothers it's a good way to connect just with the prehistoric aspect but yeah it's not even typically you'd be like well that's too on the nose and it's like no it's not it's absolutely fucking not because the way you change the vibes the way you change the vibes even the meet the flintstones thing we've heard this song it's a it's a it's a saturday morning theme it's a it's an afternoon cartoon theme from a lot of our childhoods we heard it every day we heard in the 90s every alternative act was redoing theme songs and yeah. but even this version is something brand new it's on the super harder edge of stuff that was actually and it's almost sorry, that... like you're describing people that you know that you, <laughs> yeah. left, that you left back there yeah. like where it was like ah, fuck you fuck you squares like that's what the theme's meant to be you know like cave the whole idea of caveman was they were frozen back then and then they're defrosted and they're living today and they're explaining their history and like what they don't like about it. now it's like they're angry that they're not allowed to eat people is their main problem <laughs> i mean they're freaking cannibals but yeah meet meet the flintstones song was actually i added very last minute um, because we uh, released the album cover and everyone's like, you got to do a Flintstones cover. It's like, fuck off. Now I've got to So I actually had to put it in there just because so that was the last song we recorded. Good, very it last made minute. me think of like Unfrozen Cavemen watching the Flintstones and being mad <laughs> going, this ain't the fucking way it was. What kind of cultural appropriate fucking ass shit is this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. just the, the, the vibes I got in my head. Uh, yeah. How long has the project been out? uh it came well it it technically came out the end of may but digital came out the first week of june um because i had some problems trying to get it out because of the cover songs uh but like i found a distributor which approved it which was cool um so yeah it's, it's been out like two weeks i'd say um but yeah slow start but uh and i think kid crusher fans are a little hesitant because i already like you know blasted too much metal in their ears with my last album distorted dimension they're already saying do some more rap but then i'm like 
he's caveman and they're angry about this it. This may thing is, not even be for your standard Kid Crusher no, fan. Not at all. And I'm not, honest with you. Yeah, no, I've actually, like, this is the first time I've actually really tried to push it to Kid Crusher fans. Um, my, well, put, I, I rarely that's put not a Kid bad Crusher. thing. That's, that's yeah. absolutely not a bad thing. And your standard Kid Crusher fan might hear something on here. Oh, yeah. Go, no, like, I didn't know I was a fan of that. The, the the only problem is like uh with the whole juggalo thing um when i tried to put caveman out in a metal sort of like presentation and i they like they automatically start like talking shit or just don't even review it because you know i'm in it i'm like sorry i, I had one guy comment like he was a big fan of caveman so he figured out the lead singer was a juggalo i'm like oh all right <laughs> it's not like i'm not yeah, gonna like, fucking, advertise it's, it's not like i'm gonna scarlet letter in the fucking business We've I'm all been gonna, working a long yeah. time to get rid of. I'm not. I'm not Scarlet Letter. I'm not gonna fucking hide it. Like I'm. I'm always a juggler. You know. Like that's just me. Uh, whether or not. Like I, I'm still banging out to ICP is a different story. But like I'm always still a fan of the old shit, and I'm just not gonna let people ride over it. So like it's still me. So it's that. <laughs> oh no! Trust me. I got this tat till I die, and I yeah. tell people I'm a juggalo by blood. I'm gonna take my dab out of my Puffco Peak. Tell the heads. Where it's preferred, they can order the hard copy, they can order the merch, they can stream it. Where can they do all this? I'm sure you got some web presence. Oh, yeah. Well, caveman.com exists. Uh, we're on Spotify, Apple Music, all the digital That's platforms. K. And yeah. then the word caveman with a yeah. silent K. Silent K. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, well, uh, every social media platforms that it, we actually have it on vinyl as well uh, at victim gear if anyone collects vinyl i do i got even laser discs i'm collecting mad shit wow yeah. <laughs> let me catch my breath and we're going to go to this next segment because it's cancel culture a little bit these days and i'm sure that if there were really some unfrozen cavemen around <laughs> would be you would have already have gotten a series of nasty tweets oh, yeah. about how you were just, you know, taking their culture and their persona. <laughs> and for a long time, Americans were guilty of doing that to the fine people down under in Australia. And they did that with the help of some, what I like to call American famous Australians. And what I'm going to do is I want to pop up a picture. And this picture is going to be of someone from your fine country originally who became famous in my country under questionable means. And right. we're going to see how someone from your region reacts, how they're treated at home and uh, any other thing. So I'm going to go back to my childhood. And one of the most famous Aussies, Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi to come to this country um he starred in a movie called mad max which he famously got after getting in a bar fight the night before the casting call and walking into said casting call beat to shit lately in his career he loves a lot of jesus his name is motherfucking mel gibson how do they treat the star of such fanfare as lethal weapon one lethal weapon two lethal weapon three and lethal weapon four at his home in his home country i know he owns a house in maine i'm sure that's for some fucking reason 
Well, right off the bat, I don't know where he lives. <laughs> but uh, uh, I actually only the last few years only noticed that he, he lived here. <laughs> so that's kind of my own ignorance, I guess. Like, uh, I know by Mad Max was an Australian film. And he's iconic from that. Um, but like, I, I never hear anyone talking shit about him at, at all. I think he's actually American or, or from a different origin, but he, he moved here, so he's not hundred percent. Oh, Australian. really? Okay. I see, think, I think that's what came up in conversation the last few years. I was like, really? Like, I thought he was Australian, but I didn't really think much about it. But yeah, he was born somewhere else and moved here. Like one of the so. questions on the white card during this is like, it seems like a lot of Australian people moved to this country to break their way into entertainment. But it also yeah, seems like you guys have your own fucking entertainment industry, which isn't oh, too shabby. It's yeah, not no. too shabby. It's and blown up lately. People, that's what I was about we, to get to. Because just, yeah. thanks to Netflix International, I became familiar with this guy. And his name is Adriano Zumbo. And he's an Australian that makes desserts on Netflix. And they make a huge deal about how he's the Australian version of that British chef, Gordon Ramsay. And what they mean by that is he's nice and doesn't <laughs> yell at people. Do you even know who this gentleman is? Or yeah. is this just some Australian fucking line cook that yeah. got himself a Netflix show? And well, so you I, don't, I don't really, like, I don't, I don't go to many like restaurants too, or watch many restaurant shows. So I, that probably debunks me on the on, on the the ranks of telling you if we know him or not. And I don't speak for the Australian Net people. Netflix has got me convinced he's the only dude in your country who knows how to use sugar. Right. So that's why I figured you knew who that guy was. Like in this country, we have fat people like Paula Dean or that guy who looks just like Violent Jay who does oh, diners, yeah, yeah. drivers, and dives. And these fat people become huge superstars here because they make us fat. So maybe <laughs> you just don't have a fat culture in Australia. Oh, we let's do, yeah. Let's keep it moving. Somebody that I'm sure everybody knows because he became completely world famous in the 1980s <clears throat> by not only introducing Americans to Australians. Oh, please say it. But also introducing us to knives. Knives. His name oh, right, right. is Paul Hogan. Yeah. You might know him from such fanfare as Crocodile Dundee or its fantastic sequel, Crocodile Dundee 2. And I know for a fact in 86 or whatever the year this movie came out, it had me running around doing a terrible Australian accent that I'm sure would have gotten my ass whooped in any bar on any coast of that country. You know, honestly, um, I never gave a shit about him. I didn't think anyone ever really like talked about him around me ever growing up. Besides me, so he was never a thing. Point. Like you guys, like, I, you guys have I your think, own famous people. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make here. Is that I think like me, honestly, like I'm a bigger fan of American stuff, as you can see, like my posters and shit around. Like I, I yeah. love American stuff, and I guess that's why my like people compare me more to sound like an American, etc. Because I'm a big fan of American music and stuff. So like I kind of guess i imitate that a bit more and when i look at people like dundee over there is that what his name is uh his it, name's it just, paul hogan but yeah. i don't think it matters anymore yeah. <laughs> I, uh i like look at look at it more as a parody trying to you know take the piss out of us when uh we don't really act that fucking weird some people do and they are generically yeah, they like really that. i mean it, they play up a story and what i will yeah. say is the crocodile dundee phenomenon yeah. as i'll call it led to some goofy shit uh, believe uh, me, like that Cheech Marin did a movie called Shrimp on the Barbie. 
Yeah, I'll believe me. That. Like, believe me, no one has ever asked me if I wanted to put a shrimp on the Bobby ever. So, like, I'm like, where the fuck did that come from? Except, and like, like, we said, but like I said before, air. You guys don't drink Fosters. There was a That's period a of time thing. in this country <laughs> where fo fo Fosters literally was marketed in this country as Australian for beer. That wow. was the tagline. So when I, I went to yeah. Australia and ordered a Fosters and got laughed the fuck out of the yeah. bar. <laughs> I it's like it's like ordering fucking natural light in this country. Yeah. Like you know well, what I mean? I honestly think Fosters was created famous as an Australian drink through the Simpsons and a lot of phrases and scenarios came from that episode. Um but yeah, I've never seen anyone drink Fosters around here ever. I've never seen a can of it. So even at the the bottle shops I never see them there. So it's not a thing. It must have been like a Simpsons could only get that the trademark Simpsons episode. For that. It it didn't start a lot for me cuz I had already heard some stuff before yeah. that episode but like the fucking toilet running yes in reverse. that's true that's true that, that's true but in yeah. that episode it was it was like because they got so much wrong that i know some people th yeah i remember that episode that episode did a lot of good and bad things i guess <laughs> at yeah, the same uh, time for clearing things yeah. up speaking of clearing some things up this last guy right before showtime i found out wasn't even fucking australia and he's new zealand <laughs> So we would call him a Kiwi instead of an Aussie. And uh, that's Yahoo serious. Uh, you ever heard was, of this fucking guy? <laughs> I, I was like thinking the last guy you're going to announce is going to be him. And I love this guy. Oh. Like I, I miss him too. <laughs> you, okay. So first of all, this is Yahoo serious. I don't know if that was ever his real name. He played a character yeah. called Young Einstein, which Reckless for whatever Kelly. reason put. Is that his name? Reckless Kelly? Reck oh, no, no, no. He's in Reckless oh. Kelly as well. The Ned Kelly spinoff. Oh, I don't know what that is. What is that? Man, Explain that it, to it, me. It, it's basically Young Einstein, but like a Ned Kelly version. It's so good, man. It's oh, just very okay. Australian. And that, honestly, oh, that Okay, one, so that, I, that see, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. I know him it, from the one fucking thing he did in this country, yeah. and then he disappeared. Yeah, yeah, he done the two film, but he was massive here. That's one guy. I remember when I was an 80s okay. baby. I was watching him growing up. I loved him to shit. But yeah, Reckless Kelly shit. That one as well. While we're on the Ned Kelly topic. I'm actually uh, in the bloodline of one of the Ned Kelly guys. I only just found that out a few years ago. What is Ned Kelly? See, you that's what I'm saying. Know, no, I have no Ned idea Kelly what you're is. even talking No. Holy fuck. He's like one of the big uh, Australian outlaws of like, uh, I can't remember what year, but like he wore that kind of like metal helmet on his head. But eye patch and like blew out a bunch of police officers in the bush here. This I have no massive. idea. I'm going to have to look that up, and, man. That might be. And a, you just turned yeah. me on to something cool. See, man, I have he, no idea. Heath Ledger actually did a, a movie for it um, before he died, obviously. Um, and uh, he's Australian too, so that's that's a big big actor here. Not, not a lot of people know that Heath Ledger is Australian. Um, uh, yeah, Ned, Ned Kelly, obviously, Reckless Kelly's a spinoff, a, a funny spinoff of Ned Kelly, like a dramatization of it. Yeah, yeah. A parody of it, but it's funny. It's like Ned Kelly goes to Hollywood and shit and gets oh, famous. So but the, that oh, didn't really so happen. That's why you. It's it's the same as Young Einstein to some degree because it's yeah, like a, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a funny dramatization. A dramatized, yeah, like Einstein wasn't like a, an Australian, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, like Ned Kelly. I don't was. know what segment of my fucking fan base or people who were going to watch this are familiar with Young Einstein. Because it was huge for literally that quick. And then it was I gone forever. I didn't even know it was famous over there. Because when I was, I was actually yeah, reading about Yahoo. It was the, fucking huge yeah. here. Oh, that's weird. Because like, I was reading about him just the other day. I was like, where is he actually? Because like, I felt like watching Reckless Kelly. And like he done the two films. And it said that um, he... Uh, 
kind of just didn't make it in America, only in Australian. He was like, the market, second so. coming of Paul Hogan leading up to Young Einstein. Yeah. Then Young Einstein was not a good movie. Like, it wasn't terrible. I enjoyed it. But I can't for, remember too much. But for I American right. sensibilities at the time, it wasn't good. So that's okay. what happened. Paul Hogan, yeah. same deal. Crocodile Dundee was fine, and it did a huge thing. But what else are you going to do? Like, yeah, I guess. Is there he, another joke? He's still around. Um, he uh, does like a production company. Because I was just Googling him the other day, so I know what he's doing just for that reason. Yeah, I know alone. some of these guys yeah. come back. I know Paul Hogan had come back and was working for the Tourism Bureau. Like okay. producing yeah. some things for them. But yeah, Yahoo series I found out was from New Zealand. But you saying that he was huge, I'm like, that's cool. Because yeah. here, that's how he was being pushed, was young, cool, like crazy. Yeah. Yeah, he was on MTV and shit. Oh, yeah. it's young Einstein. And it was surfing and rock music and fucking beer. And he was he's, Australian. But then I was like, no, much. he's not. He's fucking he's New Zealand. And they fucking Is, hate that. Good, good, good. I'm glad that you took your quarantine time and you did something wise with it. Oh, there's I not. There's not a I, lot of people. My quarantine was kind of weird, actually, because I was in the mid middle of caveman during quarantine. And then um, I, f I flew to a different state just before COVID hit. And uh, that's where my my guy does all my videos. So I had to go a state over to Melbourne. Um, that's really only like a, an hour flight away, but, um, yeah, I was filming the two caveman clips, a kid crusher clip. And then like, I basically was getting ready to go home. Then COVID locked the border. So I was stuck somewhere else with a, a laptop and shit. And then, uh, yeah, George hit me up to do Netfest. I'm like, I just so happened to be near my video guys. So I guess that's all I did during that time. I just filmed videos. But once I got home, I finished up caveman straight away the end of 2020. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to spend on NetFest. I appreciate you taking the time to work on this project, which I enjoyed, I think, more so than either one of us thought I was going to. And <laughs> I am going to add at least those four tracks, if not the whole thing, to my fucking workout regiment. Because oh, I was out here cheers. fucking pumping my heavy hands out here doing my white people walk yeah. in the <laughs> afternoon as the sun was going down. One more yeah. time, tell the heads where most specifically their purchase or stream can benefit you uh well spotify is basically bootlegging me throwing me dollar fucking coins here and there so that's ridiculous to promote that but if you want that's where you want to go give it a first listen go there otherwise go to victim gear and you get a shirts we got uh the cd and vinyl on there that's through the kid crusher store basically um and that's where it settles for now and like i uh like i don't know if caveman are keep gonna keep going like it's not replacing kid crusher it's basically my equivalent of you know kid crusher doing like a dark lotus or east side ninja spinoff you know like it's just my side thing but if it's bigger than kid crusher let it be you know like i'm happy to do either like it's 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 fun doing like different things so like i'm never gonna abandon either one caveman's always gonna be my thing like uh, like i said it's been in my head for a long time i can't get it out so it's there and it's the thing and I've, as far as i know there isn't another band really doing caveman stuff uh, close enough would be no war no yeah this no. is weird i, I like, really i yeah, fucking war. looked because i Some was like how like, war, is he really of? doing it no but no because they're no, fucking they're aliens yeah, they do Let's like be viking. clear there's like viking, vikings and shit but that's about it like there's, there's no one actually Ned doing a flanders out there like i said there's fucking yeah. this is something new and yeah. that's why, like, ah, oh, it just, it perked my shit. Like, I'm, this is not my lane. My lane is rap. Yeah, I but get you. But occasionally I hear something that's not rap, and it's like, ooh. <laughs> like, 
that's new and interesting. It happened. You know, it, it happens with shit. Um, Max Sabbath did the same thing to me. Like, yeah. that's completely out of my wheelhouse. But it was like, doo, 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 whoa, what's that? What the fuck? Or uh, do you know who Macaulay Culkin is? Obviously, yeah, yeah. So he had, I guess he fucking got bored. And when you're Macaulay Culkin and you have fucking Home Alone money, you can just be bored and decide, I'm going to start a band called the Pizza Underground. And we're going <laughs> to rewrite yeah, yeah. the Velvet Underground's entire catalog and just change the lyrics so they're all about pizza. Pizza. And yeah, then I I'm going to come does. do shows and sell $8 tickets. And I went to see a show, didn't know he was in the band. And I'm standing <laughs> there in the crowd going, there's four fucking people here, and I think that's Macaulay Culkin. What the fuck is going on? Like, I was confused, and they explained to me, you know, he just thought, so, yeah, creation is key at the moment. Content is key at the moment. If you're a Kid Crusher fan, don't be disappointed this isn't more Kid Crusher. Be <laughs> it is. excited that it's a piece of him you haven't yet heard. Yeah. And that, it... that might Rubik's Cube out something even better out of the next actual kid crusher album oh totally I, I like i'm not just starting a new kid crusher album i was simultaneously working on a kid crusher album while working on caveman like i pretty much was already working on the next one at the end of disordered dimension because people wanted rap i started working on rap so there's already a kid crusher album almost done as well so like it, 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 this is one thing i, I wanted to point out is like 2010 was a big year for me when i did the first caveman album i just realized like i i didn't even realize until i looked back on it i released the caveman album i released metal murder volume two and my kid crusher grinch album three albums massive albums not eps three massive albums in 2010 three massive albums in one year i, I don't believe how the fuck i did it but like here i am like because like i say it's not really that I, i'm pushing myself to do it i just get behind my computer and i don't social media or i do watch a lot of movies but majority of the time i just love making music it's just fun for me so like i just constantly am working on shit well One shit thing, um, we've been doing about an hour and a half now i want to let the heads know and i want to implore those heads out there victimgear.com i'm gonna say it again yeah. victimgear.com order that hard copy order a t-shirt order two he might have some 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 surplus kid crusher merch up there order some of that i'm sure australian airmail isn't gonna butt fuck you on the shipping too bad no but no. you should order all that stuff you should stream it so he can get his spotify pennies and you should implore your local promoters your local venues people you know in the record industry people who like underground music to try to support this kid and i say kid 20 year plus underground veteran fucking excuse me to help him i'm an old, I'm an to old help man sponsor now, him like you look young but it's when you do what you love for work work stops being work yeah and the, what i see on your face is somebody who's been able to make a life doing what he loves hopefully can get to this country to share it live i Fuck appreciate yeah. you joining me the fucking 30,000 mile digital distance, the fucking day and a half time change. It's like fucking next Tuesday at five oh, where yeah, he's at right now. Even, okay. with Net, even with Netflix, I had to wake up. I think I started watching at midnight and my set was on at 5 a.m. my time. I was up all night watching that shit. <laughs> it was fucked for me. <laughs> if you think you are dedicated to this underground lifestyle, you are mistaken. I don't know whether to leave him as Dong or Kid Crusher, 
but I'm going to salute him as Kid Crusher. Heads, flame emojis, fucking round of a fucking applause, pound to that. His name is Kid Crusher. And until next time, Heads, the beard has spoken.